0: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine.
1: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. I am pleased to have my good friend Warren Milanowski, or Ski as so many of us lovingly call him, of the Boise Airport Chapel joining me today. For our longtime readers of Christian Living Magazine, we covered a bit of Ski story way, way back in our March April 2014 edition. Ski, thank you so much for joining me today. How oh, are you? Well,
2: thank you for inviting me. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to be here and I'm I don't, it's easy to say answer that question by saying I'm fine, everything's fine, but it's uh you know both Sherry and I recently had COVID, but we kind of got we got past that okay. Wasn't fun, but uh, I think we both have a little bit of residue raspiness in our voice, which you're probably going to notice. But uh, other than that, uh, in fact, as of yesterday, I uh, I like to play golf, and uh, I uh, I've been having some hip issues, and yesterday I learned that I've got to have it checked out because i can't play golf anymore at least until i get it fixed
1: well they tell me that the hip <clears throat> is easier than the knee yeah, you'll have to let me know
2: i've been through the knee so i'll guess uh, maybe i'll experience that
1: you'll have to let me know okay uh, so i'm sorry that you had covid and that you're having these issues it's not fun i've
2: always had issues with my throat it's strep throat several times as a younger and even into adulthood and I even went to a a clinic to be tested last month for strep, which uh, they gave me that test and turned out negative, but I did have COVID.
1: Well, I'm sorry that you had COVID, but thank goodness you didn't have strep on top of it. You know, I have to be honest, that has been my number one fear, the 18 months that we've had this show, is because anytime I get sick, it attacks my voice first. And so that has been a great fear of mine, is that I would get sick because
2: we have something in common. It
1: would it would be really hard for me to do the radio show now. Today, I'm blessed. I have I have Steve Bertel who could come in and sub for me if I needed to. But um, and that's a big relief. But yes, we do have that in common. I get that completely. So I'll bet many of our listeners today don't even realize or didn't realize until now because we just told them that there's a chapel at the Boise Airport. So so we're gonna we're gonna get the elephant out of the room. Where is the chapel?
2: It's in the rental car area where people go to get the papers for their car and their keys and then head out to the parking lot. But uh, it's right there in the very back of that area on the lower level to the right of Avis Rent-A-Car, right smack in the corner.
1: So if you're standing out in the main corridor, folks, and you're facing the rental car little corral, what what Ski was referring to, it is back in the back left corner. And it is yeah. clear in the back. Yep. But And it is then as you get back there in that back corner, it is to the right of the airport. Kind of Avis a blessing
2: because it's, uh, it's quiet. Uh, it was the only room available to rent in the airport almost 15 years ago.
1: I'd oh. love to pop in and visit you and Doug in there because it's always so peaceful. You know, there's so much hubbub at the airport and it's always a stress to make your flight on time and did they lose your luggage and, you know, blah, blah, well, blah, all of that. And it's just such a peaceful place well, to and visit.
2: I, I, uh, a lot of people ask, uh, are you busy? And uh, I'm actually thankful we're not a busy place. I don't have people lined up at the door, but then it would cease to be peaceful and quiet. Yeah. And I always say the people that need it, find it, Yeah, because people come there with a reason. Now, we're not always in the chapels. We're, we spend a considerable amount of time walking around the airport, but it's a blessing when someone does come in and say, I need a prayer, or, or, or a lot of people recently, especially coming in specifically, they're looking for maybe a place to live, a new place to live, and they'll stick their head in the door, or they'll walk in and say, we don't have this wherever I come from.
1: Yep, yep. Well, and as you're out walking around, <laughs> it's easy to find you because you always have your bright yellow need prayer ask me button on it. I love that because that in itself is an icebreaker. And when we're in an airport, everybody's rushing. And I and it's so funny, I'm a people watcher and people in airports tend to avoid eye contact it's eyes down or at their phone, getting from one gate to the next or to baggage claim or to whatever. And if and and even sometimes, and, and I'm not talking about Boise, I'm talking airports in general. The airport personnel are not always the most friendly people. And to see you guys walking around and you're always friendly and you're open, your body language is open, and then these bright yellow buttons need prayer. Ask me. that
2: was a. A suggestion, not my own, by a former volunteer that worked uh, a couple days a week with me at the airport, and he came up with the idea, and it's kind of stuck, and it's, uh, uh, you, you're right about the eye contact, uh, but that uh, badge sometimes uh, invites conversation, Yep. and uh, we don't often get to pray with passengers out and about in the airport. It's rare. Um in the chapel is is not rare, but uh, just the fact that uh, it sometimes spurs conversation.
1: Yep, absolutely. So you have a long history with airports. You started working at airports at what age? Nineteen? I was
2: barely nineteen. I turned nineteen in February, and I my first day on the job was with Western Airlines in nineteen sixty two on Easter Sunday. Uh, in Las Vegas, that's another story. We won't go there today. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, very early.
1: You've, you've worked a lot of roles in airports. Let's talk a little bit about some of, some of the experience. Because well, the airport pe- is not a strange place for you.
2: No, people ask me a lot. I uh, uh, you know, tell them I, I worked in the airlines for 39 years, Western and then Delta, but when I tell them their question, almost always is, "Well, did you fly?" I, I guess they I assume all airline employees are pilots or flight attendants. Well, I was neither, but I did almost everything you can do on the ground except fix airplanes. You don't want me flying them. You don't want me fixing them. But, <laughs> I'm not uh, mechanical either. I worked either. in reservations at the ticket counter and baggage, air freight, uh, just uh, just about everything you can do on the ground.
1: And then, and after nine eleven. The, the infamous day, your life kind of changed at the airport.
2: Well, I knew that things were going to change. Uh, I was only 59, and I, I was not, or probably never would have been, what I would call ready for retirement. But uh, my wife and I thought that, well, maybe we could, I could work part time and we could have more time together and so forth and so on. We went away with all of our financial stuff for an evening up in uh, uh, Stanley. And looked at things and said, we, we could probably do this. And January 1st, 2002, I left the airlines and went to work for TSA. That turned out to be almost five years, but in, in the very first year, in fact, I would say in a matter of weeks or months at the most, I realized that, boy, well, that after working for thirty-nine years in the airlines, it was just a difficult job. First in security for the contract company, and then in October of two thousand two, TSA came to Boise, and then working for the government was a new experience. I, I won't elaborate on that. So I started. Th- I went to training for with F Fellowship of Christian airline personnel, and was was just and I was familiar with them for a long time, but never went to the training. Uh, and it, the training is basically. How, are, how do we live our Christian life in the workplace? And I was just so impressed with the people and the training. And I th- went back to Idaho, got people together a year later because I, I was trying to get people together in the airport. And to this day, uh, I know now that getting, gathering airport employees for Bible studies, for prayer, uh, the only thing that really gets people together is food. Um, that's a joke at our church
1: there's always food yeah so
2: and that's a good time to uh kind of as we walk around the airport time is obviously these people are working so we have to be careful not to interrupt their work but uh, when we have a barbecue or serve breakfast or next week or next week we're having a chili feed uh, people come and sit down and we have time to meet new people and visit a little bit more so we do that but um So anyway, TSA, uh, with with the second year, I went back to FCAP and asked him if he ever considered a field staff representative. It's a ministry that's done by and for airline people on the job. They have a staff in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, that uh, that, uh, train and communicate with people all over the world in the airline industry, but they don't have any field staff. So I, I told them I wanted to open a chapel that came about because of a elderly pastor in our church, a man by the name of Orville Stiles, that said, I was talking to him about this because we knew each other well, we were in a prayer group together, and he said, well, you need to ha- have a chapel, and you need to be the chaplain. I pushed back on that quite a bit, but uh, here I am. So anyway, uh, when I went to FCAP that second year, they said, well, why don't you go back to Boise and we'll... To get back with you in six months and see how it's going. They've never gotten back to me, so I guess I passed probation.
1: <laughs> You're doing okay. <laughs> so, so how? So you worked for TSA for five years, almost, and and it was during that time that you started working traveling back to the FCAP? Is am I understanding well, that
2: correctly? Yeah, um, communicating more, and um, I did have some Bible study groups bet uh, meant, but shifts change and so forth, and. Uh, they were short-lived, but uh, TSA was, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I was stressed by the job. And that's it's a some, very
1: stressful job, and especially yeah. post 9-11. That's a very stressful job. You know, I, I'm always amazed at the interactions I see. You know, I always try when I go through TSA, I always try, hello, how are you? Thank you for being here today. And they always look shocked that somebody would generally start a nice conversation. They take I, so much heat.
2: I have to say this about uh, TSA Boise. I I don't do a lot of traveling, especially now that I'm getting older, but TSA has actually won an award for the best in the region as far as uh, uh, service, fewer complaints. And uh, in the little traveling I do, I see a difference in TSA and Boise. Yeah. Maybe it's the Boise lifestyle that it's just a good place to live and people go to work with a better... I don't know what it is, but they're good. That's good. There's exceptions, but um, when I say I was stressed, it wasn't so much because of the the public contact. Yeah, some people are upset with TSA. Some people just don't like the process, and it probably includes myself and my wife. But anyway, um, it's a thankless job. And those guys... um, and girls, women work. Uh, they watch the breaks and when they're not uh, uh, when they're not on a break, and their breaks are monitored. They are on the floor, and yeah, there's some slow times. But Boise Airport's busy. Yes. So it's. Uh, I, I uh, try to give them kudos as much as I can because it's a job that uh, has to be done. Uh, some of the procedures, you know, and whether you agree with them or disagree with them, it's a job. And I think they do a pretty pretty good job right here in Boise.
1: We were headed out of town one time on vacation. And let's just say that a, a specific undergarment I had on set off the metal detector. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, a female TSA agent came over and, and she was so apologetic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, you're not the one who got dressed this morning this way. <laughs> you know, I apologize for making you have to do this. So, you know, it's sometimes we just have to own own our own. Own our own. So let's, let's get back to, so you went to FCAP and they said, give it a shot. We're going to check and see what this is. And so- How was it in the early days?
2: Well, you know that I tell people I never do anything fast, and uh, I started talking to people about it. And being a computer, um, I'll say rookie, still am. I I actually got a PowerPoint presentation, and would I I knew a lot of people, knew a lot of pastors and people that were in business or ministry, and I would take that to them and tell them about what I was going to do. Um, it took three years, almost three years from the time that I went to FCAP before August 1st of 2007 when I uh, opened the chapel in the early days. Of, oh, it was uh, a challenge uh, wearing a chaplain's badge, and but uh, it wasn't long before I started realizing that, you know, to get people together, I better start. Because I saw other airlines uh, doing barbecues and various things to raise money for the employee fund or, or local charities. Uh, a lot of them get are very active that way, and I thought, well, I could probably do that. And that gave me an opportunity to really start meeting airport people. I gotta mention, too, uh, we're on our third airport director since those early days, and uh, we have been blessed yes. with favor in that airport. Uh, we even, our current, uh, director. We had the opportunity, my men's group, men's group, prayer group comes to the airport usually at least once a year to pray for the airport and for people. And they, we actually all prayed around in the chapel for our airport director. And uh, I didn't even know her that well at that time, but uh, she is a, a wonderful woman, Rebecca. And um, I, uh, anyway,
1: so i um, Yes, that is that is a really good point though, because not every airport in every city would give the favor of an open chapel. but there's 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 been a couple and in your story, we talked about this a little bit. there you were cautioned you can't slow down travelers. you, you know mm-hmm. be mindful of that. But I wanted to ask you because this was a point that we covered in your story, but that's been a day or two ago. Yeah. So what it, are you restricted by denomination or faith?
2: Oh, absolutely. Who, not. Are, who
1: are some of your visitors, and not by name, just by faith?
2: Well, uh, I would say most people that come in are are Christian or they think they are. Yeah, um, they have we have a signs. lot of materials to hand out. We have a bookcase that's just full of books that I have read, and we don't uh, they're available, but uh, we do have a book of Mormon and a Koran in the bookcase. Um, we have, uh, obviously, Mormons that come in. We have uh, Muslim, a lot of Muslim employees, cab drivers specifically, that we've really made a point in recent years to build relationships with them. We have some very good relationships. In fact, uh, one of our volunteers is a, a Sudanese pastor who has some family in town. And the other last week, I went to a conference, came back, and it was late, so my ride couldn't come. So I had to take a cab home. My wife can't drive in the, in the dark. But uh, I rode with one of the cab drivers who happens to be the nephew of a volunteer at the airport, the Sudanese pastor, which was fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, Muslims uh, uh, by contract, we have to be an interfaith chapel. Um, so we welcome anybody and everybody and uh, are always um, open to looking for opportunities to to share the the gospel and handout information.
1: And so I've known you quite a while. We we met um, in my early days as publisher of the magazine at a, as, at a local faith-based networking group that is mm-hmm. no longer around, sadly. Um, I miss those days. I yeah, miss that too. group. I miss the camaraderie that we had there. But since that time, or about the time that that group was winding up, you brought in a gentleman by the name of Doug, and for the life oh. of me right this minute, I cannot remember Doug's last name, Doug. I'm sorry, I apologize, <laughs> but so what tell us tell
2: well that was doug uh was working part time in a in a security uh company at the airport. They provide security at the gates and so forth, making sure that the packages come in for the the vendors are not containing anything dangerous, but he was uh I got to know him a little bit, not well, but uh, but his uh, office or the the, um, the office of the uh, manager of that company was one of my frequent stops because that fellow was a Christian, and uh, Doug was often in there, so I got to know him. And one day he just kind of hinted that he'd kind of like to join me, and I I'd, I'd lost that previous volunteer, so it was it was really timely because at that point. You know, it's getting, this has been probably five years now, but even then I thought, well, I'm getting older, and it'd uh, be good to have a partner. And he's been a, a great uh, addition, and we've got two more volunteers at now, currently. But Doug is, uh, I've actually cut, cut back to three days a week. Doug, Doug's been able to pick up more, and now we have volunteers filling in some of those gaps, so... It's really, really good. Doug is a, a blessing. He's been in the right place at the right time, especially in this past year when we've had more people come to the Lord this past year than we ever have, uh, and it's primarily been Doug that has had those opportunities to pray with people.
1: That's incredible. So you're so, you're not only a, a calm in the storm of travel, but you can be an eternal be making an eternal difference.
2: Well, and I got to tell you about a woman by the name of Kai. K-A-I, that um, is actually on the video that uh, we That's right. You're done. doing
1: a video. This and, is so uh, cool. I can't wait for it to be released. She
2: um, she was in the airport a very brief time. She came to work the very first time I met her. She said, I want to come to your chapel. And she did that actually within days uh, when, when Doug was there. I wasn't there that day. And that was when she accepted the Lord. And we later learned that uh, she was in a bad relationship and— uh, She broke that off and uh, shared that she actually was suicidal. I
1: I actually, so for complete transparency, folks, um, Ski um, pirated a copy. I shouldn't say pirated, but he sent me a preview. The the video is still work in progress, so I've seen her testimony, and it is powerful. The difference you Mm -hmm. gentlemen made in her life, not just for here on Earth, but in her eternal life is phenomenal. Her story alone was so moving.
2: And shortly after that, we were disappointed that she actually moved back to California. I've been in contact with her occasionally, and she did share just a short time ago that she thinks she's coming back soon. Uh, She seems to be doing fine. Um, I, I, I would look forward to the opportunity because there have been other people that have made that commitment, but then they're gone and you wonder,
1: you don't know, yeah.
2: Uh, um, but uh, some, anyway, but
1: sometimes we're just called to plant those seeds. Yep. And and so so, are you still looking for more volunteers?
2: You know, um, we could always use volunteers, even if they're even people that would like to come to the chapel and be there for an hour to pray. Because we could make a list of things to to pray uh, over to pray over. Yes. Uh, so prayer uh, warriors, if, if, if here's some, an opportunity. If somebody would like to come and like walk around like like we do. Um, My recent volunteer was someone in a men's group um, that I uh, uh, attend, a a luncheon, and one day at the lunch, he said, I think I could do that, and he has been uh, just terrific. Um,
1: Are you referring to the Thursday men's luncheon? That is, that they actually have, if you're looking for that group, gentlemen, there is an ad in Christian Living Magazine, every single issue, Um, they support us through that advertising. And um, it's a powerful men's group. I was blessed to visit that group one time. It needs to stay a men's group, but it's a phenomenal group.
2: In fact, it's someone that used to come to our networking group that you just mentioned a little ah. while ago, his name is John Dobson. Great guy, good I've, good friend, and he's, he's doing a great job.
1: That's awesome. So we're we're running close on time here. Where can people find out more or to get involved?
2: we uh, am just working on getting our website back up, boiseairportchapel.org. Um, more information, my um, um, my phone number is 208-371-8569, or come to the chapel just to see it. Find out where it is, come visit us. Uh, if you're taking a trip and want to have prayer before you leave, we'll meet you at your gate. Me or Doug, just let us know when you're coming, what airline. And uh, there's there's someone there Every day, at the, every day of the week, at least part of the day, usually during the day, not evenings, not Saturdays. And the Sunday mornings, we have a little Bible study time at uh, eight o'clock and nine o'clock. But contact myself, uh, email uh, fcapboi at gmail.com.
1: Ski, thank you so much. We are out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always great. You are truly a personal friend and we love you. And uh, I'm just glad you could join me today. You can also read Ski's original story by going to ChristianLivingMag.com and under our Past Issues tab, scroll down to March, April 2014. It's clear down at the bottom, folks. But before we go, I'd like to remind you all of the Greg Glory Boise Harvest Festival coming to Boise April 23rd and 24th at the Extra Mile Arena. Be sure and invite your friends and families. You just never know whose eternity you might be impacting. This brings our time to an end for this week, folks. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless.
0: This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867 Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.